Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Broadway Show Uncut, where we have conversations with the best and brightest of Broadway. Thanks for being with us this week. I'm Tamsin Fidel. Wicked is iconic, the fifth longest-running musical in Broadway history, and it's still going strong. Paul Wontorek's here to pull back the curtain on the legend who plays The Wizard of Oz. Welcome back to Broadway. I've certainly missed you. It's nice to have you back on the boards. It's good to be back on the boards, my friend. I got to tell you, it really is. Uh, once you're on Broadway and you've done Broadway, it never leaves you. Uh, it's always in your heart, as well as the city, New York City. So it's good to be back. You are playing the wizard in Wicked, and he's a sentimental man. I was going to ask you, how sentimental are you about, about doing this show right now in your life? It's a great way to come back to Broadway. Yeah. Number one, it's and uh, a big hit. Yes, man, a big hit, and with a, a great company to work with, and so uh, it's a joy. I can't jump around like I used to, so this is kind of nice to kind of like glide through and uh, have nice little songs that you can sing, and it's a great way to kind of like come back to New York City and enjoy what brought you to the uh, theater in the first place. So tell me about that. When did you first get to New York? And what, got, was that, what was that kid like? I got to New York in 1977. I want you to know that I have a twin brother and he was already here and he was doing your arms too short to box with okay. God. Yep. I came in to study with Vanette Carroll who had directed your arms too short to mm -hmm. box with God. So he brought me down to the workshop which was called the Urban Arts Corps. And I was there to study acting. And I sat outside of the lobby and I waited and I would have to wait to be invited in. So I would walk down from 86th Street all the way down to 17th Street every day, wait in the lobby to see if I would get in to begin to learn to be an actor. Wow. I did that for about two and a half months. And I told my brother, I've had enough. He said, she wants to know if you really, really want to be an actor. At that same time, I, my dad had passed away and I left New York to go back to bury him. And my brother called me and said, listen, he said, I've auditioned for the revival of Hair. I can't do it because I'm doing your arms too short to box of God. You've got to come up because I've told Tom Horgan, you can do this part. Wow. So I came up and I auditioned for Tom Horgan, got the part and did that on Broadway. So that was my really first bit, big break on Broadway. After that, I had no problems going into the Urban Arts Corps to learn to be an actor. Are you and your brother identical twins? Identical twins. So, so it was just kind of like, he was like, well, they like me, so right. my brother can do it too. He looks just like me. He, just like me. <laughs> he sings better than I do, and you should use him. And sure enough, I went in and got that part. So that was that. Was that. that was my first big break on Broadway, and uh, I started doing workshops after that. Okay, yeah. Uh, and workshops, workshops have a tendency to have an actors fall in love with them. You think something's gonna happen with the workshops. Mm, you think things dangerous. are gonna go with it, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they come in, man, and they, they cut you down, and it's no longer there. Yeah. Okay, it's yeah. no longer there. It is, and when you go through as many as I went through, it, it, it puts uh, this shield on you where you go, okay, I'm done with workshops. I'm not doing them anymore. That's that. And Loretta Devine, whom I had worked with in one of the workshops, mm -hmm. uh, I passed her in the street one day. She said, Clavant, she said, 
I'm doing a piece called Big Dreams, mm. and I'm doing it down to Michael Bennett Studios. That she said you should come down because Tom Ion is looking for you. I had met Tom Ion on one of the workshops, and okay. he was a great guy, but it fell through, and I was like, I don't want anything else to do with Tom Ion. <laughs> so it was well that, and that happened several times. I ran into Loretta Divine. Tom Ion wants you down for this Big Dreams. Thank you, Loretta Devine. Mm -hmm. So my brother comes in from California. He's living in California uh -huh. at the time. He comes in and he's with me as we walk through the streets. And, and Loretta tells me that. And he says, man, you really should go down. This man is, keeps asking for you. You should go down. I'm like, oh, Jesus. So I get my briefcase with all my music and all, and I go down. And I sit there in the lobby and Tom Ion opens the door. Clavat, where the hell have you been? I've been looking for you. Get on in here, man. So I take my briefcase. Oh, you don't need that. You don't need that. Put that down to the side. Come on in here. So I walk in and I'm introduced to Henry Krieger at the piano. And Henry is like, oh, we have this song for you, Clavant, and uh, 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 we want you to hear this number. And I'm like, okay, yeah, all right. So Henry Krieger. One of my favorites. Oh, my God. That man, I've never known a man that could play a piano mm. and you hear an entire band. Mm. And I mean that in sincerity. Everything that could possibly accompany that piano he's got it on the piano and he did that would fake your way to the top and i was like oh my god that is a song of a lifetime <laughs> and that's how i began with dream girls wow big dreams became yeah dream girls. big dreams became dream girls and a lot of dreams got fulfilled that's right they certainly did they certainly did and there were times when we felt it wasn't going to happen because we did two 10-week workshops of that show. Mm -hmm. And it, within that second workshop, Jennifer left, Tom Ion left, right. and we had to audition for other Effie characters. Mm -hmm. And so many wonderful, talented young ladies came in. And uh, at that time, Michael Bennett had taken over as director. And so he also brought me in as a vocal arranger. Right. We tried to get another young man, uh, Chapman Roberts, who was kind of well known uh, to the African-American community as far as vocal arrangements mm -hmm. are concerned. And uh, we all said Chapman Roberts. So Michael Bennett contacted his agent and he said, no, they want too much money. I don't want to do that. He said, I want you to do it. I said, <laughs> what are you talking about? He said, I want you to do it. I said, vocal arrangements? And he said, yes, you've been doing them since you've been here anyway. Right. I want you to do vocal arrangements. And that's how I, I got vocal arrangements. But we had the problems with working because Jennifer wasn't there and Tom Mayan wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Michael Bennett brings me up to his apartment, which is at the top of this building. And he's got all of these guys sitting around in suits. All right. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at these guys my Italian brothers, okay? And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I know what this is. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, but they're there to help write the second act. So Michael is using them to help prepare a second act. Finally, Tom Ion comes back and I tell Michael, Michael, I said, I know these girls, are, uh, they're really good at what they do. 
I said, but you know and I know. I said, I can't get Jennifer out of my mind. I said, you can't get out of your mind. No one can. That mm -hmm. girl, that number, she was born to do that number. Yeah. And he worked it out where Jennifer came back. But still, it looked like no go. Yeah. I left, went to California to live. And I was working on a piece with Annette Carroll because she was now out in California. Right. And I was doing a piece where I was writing the music for. And oh. so my brother and I, and I get a call from Michael Bennett. He says, I want you back in New York. And I said, well, why? He said, Dream Girls is going. I said, Michael, uh, I'm kind of like in a bind here. I'm already in a little show and I'm writing the music for it. He says, I have your plane ticket. You're leaving tomorrow morning. Get on the plane. <laughs> and so I went to Vanette Carroll and I tell her, I've got to go back to New York. And she's like, she's in an uproar. You're going to leave us like that, darling, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Michael Bennett insisted that I be back. So I said, I'm going to have to go back. And that was how Dream Girls happened for me. I love that. And you know, there are famous credits and then there are iconic credits. And Dream Girls is something I, I never got to see you play James Thunder early, mm -hmm. but the album is so iconic. So I know your vocal arrangements too, because <laughs> that, you know, they, they created a sort of a pop version right. of an album, right? right? David Geffen for Dream Girls. Right. And, and I, I grew up with your voice in my head singing those songs. And, and it's so, it kind of, gives people a whole different connection to it, doesn't it? Yes, I mean, it, does. it lives on in a whole different way because it, of that album. It truly does. And it was, and, and I, you, I give credit to Michael Bennett because when we were in the workshops doing the show and the script, uh, Michael came to and he sat down and he, he just looked at it and he, we, we went through it. He said, you know what? He said, what if we sing the book? Mm. Yeah. He said, the book's okay. He said, but if we sing the book, and Henry Krieger, of course, got down went the in piano <laughs> and did his magic. Wow. And so a lot of those scenes were originally spoken. They were really like spoken. Like the firing of Jimmy, one of my favorite yes, tracks. Yes, yes. So good. There were so many actors and actresses that came through and were part of that workshop. And uh, uh, that, that really helped in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, to help us to see because it was all improv. There was no script, it was all improv. And then he would go back, we would improv during the day. Tom Mine would go in at night, he'd come back, okay, well, I wanna use this, I wanna use that, I wanna use that. And that's how that show was created. And uh, to this day, it was such a fascinating experience that I had in my life that I'll never forget. And uh, I was so glad to be a part of that. Had no idea it would do Tonys or anything like that. Well, I just I didn't care. I just knew that that show yeah. had fire to it. It had life to it, and the Tonys were the icing on the cake. Well, not only did you get to be in one of the most famous Tony performances mm -hmm. on the actual telecast, you did win a Tony Award. <laughs> what was that night like for you at that point in your life? Um. Uh, it's kind of, because I know it all kind of goes by. It's it, like one it, thing it, after the next. Yes, it, 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 goes, it goes by. I think it goes by because I think we as actors kind of black out. Yeah. You know, mentally. Yeah. 
when they're announcing all of that, right. and 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 you're kind of like uh, dumbfounded, mm-hmm. and then you don't know that your name has been mentioned for the Tony until people turn and look at you, <laughs> and they're smiling like, get up, get up there, get up there, and that's when you know you 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 won the Tony, and that's what happens, and. Uh, it was wonderful. It was it was great. I I, I, I honestly did not expect it, but uh, I knew I, I knew I enjoyed doing the character. Mm-hmm. I knew that, and I always try to enjoy the characters that I'm a part of. So that was a reward, and the drama desk as well. Yeah, you know I got to give credit to them as well. They they were very kind, and uh, so it's all been good. It's all been good. It's yeah. all been good. Yeah, you know, it occurs to me that you're, you're kind of known for uh, working alongside big singing divas. So now you've got the Witches of Oz. Oh, my how, God. How, how are those? Uh, how are the, the witches over at Oz? They're awesome. <laughs> the witches are awesome. There are times when uh, Talia is out and the other young ladies come on. Yeah. And uh, some of them have been with Wicked for years. Yeah. And they come on and they give you moments, each actress has certain elements of their character that enrich you yeah. and, and, and allow you to take your character and incorporate what they're doing into your character, mm-hmm. which is a growth, which is uh, something that you go, oh yeah, oh yeah, this is me, this is meat on the table, <laughs> baby. Go ahead and take it. So you enjoy that. Yeah. It's really, really incredible, the talent. Not only just the lead actors, but the talent of the chorus, man, my God. All of those wonderful kids yeah. who are triple threats and the ones who fly on the wires, all it's almost like a Cirque Soleil part of it. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's incredible. And uh, so it's, it's a fascinating piece to be a part of. You never get tired of it. There's always something new you're going to learn about it. And you honestly never, I've been with it for a good little while now, and I'm never tired of the show and I'm never tired of the character. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Oz is a fun place to be. It is. Yeah. It is. It actually occurs to me, you came around in the 70s when The Wiz was a huge hit on Broadway. Did you ever audition for The Wiz? No. I saw The Wiz and I saw Andre DeShields play Uh, The Wizard. Yeah. And the number that, uh, what's the young man who wrote The Wiz? His name Long? James Brown. Uh, no, 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 no. He was, uh, it was, uh, it the was music? The compo- yeah, the music. Charles Char- Small. Yeah, Charlie Small uh, wrote that song for The Wizard. And I was like, oh my God, I want So you to, wanted to meet The Wizard. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to be that wizard. <laughs> but I wasn't a dancer like Andre DeShields uh-huh. was. So I knew that that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> but I loved that, and I loved Andre doing that moment. That was great. So that was a part of my, uh, my joy of being in New York and being a part of what could possibly happen for me. Yeah. You know, I wasn't sure whether it was going to happen yeah. because here's someone who I did this when I was a kid. You know, I grew up in Beloit, Wisconsin, and we played make-believe. That's all we did, play make-believe. Mm-hmm. We'd ride on our bicycles and do paper routes and make money and buy film for my dad's 8-millimeter camera and go out and make movies. Wow. My brother and I and the kids on the block, we'd go out and just 
play make-believe cowboys and Indians, uh, <laughs> Dracula, anything we wanted to come up with, that's what we did. I want to see your Dracula. Oh, you know what I mean? It was good because you know what? I followed Christopher Lee. <laughs> I love what he did with it. So it was, it was a treat. And so to be a part of New York and a part of this arena, couldn't ask for a better life. I love that you had your eye on the character of the wizard just in a different musical. That's right. I certainly <laughs> did. Certainly did. I love that. Um, what, what kind of, uh, what, do you, what do you think is the secret to aging in this business? And you've had such a rich, long career. What, what, is, what kind of advice would you uh, give to other people that hope to really make a living in the theater? Never stop never stop doing it mm. if you can get in a regional theater yeah regional theater is uh it's a platform where you work with a lot of different directors uh and you grow mm. uh and you experience different things that will help you ascend if you get back to new york mm. and get into a broadway show it's it's something that keeps you alive it keeps you healthy, it keeps you focused, it keeps you growing, yeah. which is so important. Mm -hmm. you, you have to grow. Uh, you can't get stale in this business. Right. There are too many people trying to get in. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think that my advice would be always believe in yourself because you can get the ride, the roller coaster rides with, with theater, as with movies, as with television. You'll get the roller coaster rides of them, you know, one minute you're up here, then you're down there. Yeah. And then sometimes you can be down there and you can just be coasting along and you go like, when am I going to get an opportunity again? But if you stick in and around that venue, something's bound to happen. You know, some people say they give up. And they say, well, you know, I've done it and I'm, I'm moving on. I've got family. I'm going to I'm going to get another life. And that's all well and good. But if, you, if, if it's in you and I always felt it was always in me, I told you I grew up playing this. So it was always in me. So if it's in you, you never give it up. You always stick with it. And, and hopefully, if you grow enough and all, people will see you doing something different and go, oh, I didn't know that he or she could do that. Uh, let me bring them in right. and do, you know what I mean? So it's, that's what it is, is stick with it and, and, and learn to grow with it. Regional theater, mm -hmm. that's the treat, regional theater. That's the backbone of It industry. certainly is, it certainly is. It, 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 it keeps you alive, it keeps you out there, uh, and uh, you meet some wonderful people and you'll find some wonderful theater out there, some beautiful theater. And most of them are probably bigger than most of the theaters on Broadway. They're huge places, you know, and a lot of people come and fill those seats. So it's not like you're doing a, a, a lower level of theater. Yeah. You're doing a high grade of theater yeah. when you do regional theater. I, st I just want to ask you, do you still get excited when it's ready to hit the stage and oh, hear the orchestra, hear the every audience? Every night, my man, every night, every night. I'm telling you, it, the whole theater, everyone knows Clavant. Clavant's got this high energy. I'll come off of that stage after the first act, and I'm loud and I'm boisterous, and I'm <laughs> like, oh, my God, did you hear? Oh, man, oh, I'm on fire. I'm not the minute off of that. Oh, my God. It's, it, it really is. It's, 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 it's thrilling, and it's, you, you never get tired of it. I'll never get tired of it. 
And uh, my family uh, will see it and they'll tell you, you know, he's, he, he loves it. That's, he, lives, he lives to be, to act. That's what I do. Yeah. I'm yeah. happy you're here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to ask you one last question. You know, it occurs to me, um, Dreamgirls is obviously one of the most famous black musicals in terms of the amount of talent on stage right. in that show and winning Tony Awards like you. Yeah. What is it like to see the new discussions happening on Broadway? And obviously, uh, Brittany Johnson is, is Broadway's first of Black Linda over at Wicked. Yeah. What's yeah. it like for you? As, as sort of a veteran of the industry and a role model to many of these performers? I knew if anybody was going to do this, do this agenda, right. it would be Broadway. Mm. Right. You understand what I'm saying? When we came along with Dreamgirls, Dreamgirls was probably the first to ever have a black show to be as strong as it was right. to pull in people from all over. Mm-hmm. I, I knew after the first week in Boston that it was going to be a hit mm-hmm. because the theater in Boston, first of all, we had an arranger who was really good, but it wasn't popping there in Boston. He was a really good arranger. Not, can't take that away from him. But he didn't have that essence mm-hmm. of what that, that those songs needed. And then we brought in another arranger. And within the first arrangement that he did, and we went through it, even the band stood up and applauded. Mm. And I knew then, I said, this show is on the run. First night in previews, standing ovation, first act, standing ovation, second act. They didn't want to sit down. (laughs) Within three weeks, I heard that it was sold out on Broadway with the first six months. Wow. Wow. Nothing like that buzz. That's a buzz. That's, That's a buzz. Right. So, yeah. Good people, a lot of wonderful people whom we don't have now, who had a great deal to do with that show. A lot of wonderful people who had a great deal to do with my being in this, sh- in this, in this city, doing what I did, giving me an opportunity. Mm-hmm. A lot of wonderful people that I can name that helped me along the way, that gave me a chance and they're not here. But in my heart of hearts, I am so grateful to them for what they did for me, and not only for me, but for New York and for Broadway. Yeah. They did some wonderful things, and I miss them dearly, and, but we go on. Yeah. And as you can see, New York, it doesn't die. Broadway, it doesn't die. It may close down a little bit, but it doesn't die because it's got something. It's got that soul to it. and. You can't kill a brother with soul. You can't. <laughs> I love in it. Dream Girl. You know Dream Girl better than I do now. <laughs> I told you I sing that song all the oh, time with you. Oh, my boy, yeah. You can't kill a man with soul. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's it. I mean, this is it. This is a joy. In my life, this is, this is a joy to come back and do this show and be back in New York and, and to do what I've always done. 
That's going to do it for now. But if you like what you hear, you're going to like what you see, too. Be sure and check out the Broadway show with Tamsin Fidel on TV each and every week. Check your local listings and you can find all the episodes on Broadway.com. Until next time, I'm Tamsin Fidel and this is the Broadway show Uncut. Oh,